It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello! Hello. Do I sound chipper? Do I sound jolly? You do. Surprising given that I've been the target of a hate campaign. A hate campaign? Yes. Well, I don't know actually. What do you think constitutes a campaign? Uh, More than one incident? Yes. Okay. Well, it's got all the makings of a campaign. It's not one yet. Should we say it's the start of a campaign? Let's be optimistic. Yes. (laughs) So, the other night I was in bed and Sarah's getting ready for bed and she loves she loves like having a little twitch at the curtains does she oh yeah she loves like seeing what's going out on the street she knows f- yeah she? and that's usually not much it's usually a fox right oh that's quite exciting though isn't it i don't know we see them so often i mean i'm always excited every time though every time like, yeah oh, it's that's a fox. true that's even true even though they like, poo all over my garden oh it's a fox yes weird oh i saw um a video of a baby wolf that hadn't learned to howl yet trying to howl for the first time oh <laughs> Very nice? good, very good, nice? very good. If you follow um, Lorraine Kelly on Twitter, oh, is that who you can it? find a link to it, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Oh. Anyway, so she's uh, she's twitching at the curtains the other night. And she says, there's all these uh, teenagers outside. And I say, how many? She says, three, four? Oh, so, so what? Mm. I, mean, I mean, I guess, like, what are they doing at midnight? Are they ne'er-do-wells? Mm, I mean, What's that app? Is it called Neighbourhood? Oh no! Uh, my my yeah, that thing, that yeah, thing. Yeah, the one that terror like terrifies you about the state of the world because it's always yeah. just about burglaries. There was a man outside; things. his eyebrows were very close together, and he had the skull shape of a criminal <laughs> who looked. He was pretending to walk a dog, but really he was casing the joint. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that on that app, isn't there? Mm-hmm. I signed up for it at some point and then just stopped looking at it. I never had notifications turned on for these things. Oh, I get email alerts. Why don't I just stop them? They just depress me. Yeah. I stop them. So, so that that's the best place for this kind. I think what's mm. the teenagers doing outside but the, instead Sarah decides to give me a running commentary of what's happening mm-hmm. and it's that time of year where there are just piles and piles of discarded Christmas trees oh it's like that on my road yeah, yeah. Uh, and she said oh, oh they're, they're dragging a Christmas tree down the street I said alright they said oh I think they're dragging it into the neighbour's front garden I said oh are you going to bang on the window and um, I don't know if she was naked or or she was in a schmatter of an old dressing gown, mm. but she decided not to bang on the window. Didn't want to draw attention to herself. Didn't want to give him that little treat. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so 
I said, it's not great, though, is it? They're dragging a, a Christmas tree into the neighbour's front garden. And she goes, but it is kind of funny. And I say, yes, I suppose it is. Yeah, I concede. I concede that is funny, that our neighbours are going to wake up tomorrow, they go over their front door, and then there's going to be a Christmas tree What's in the garden. That? Yeah. So we have a little chuckle about it. Right. And then the teenagers go off to do whatever they're doing, mm. probably sit on a bench and sniffing glue and drinking cider. That's I, what I, they I do. don't know. Um, and then we fall asleep. Next morning rolls round. I'm getting up to take our son to school. I go to leave the house, open the door. Imagine my surprise when a Christmas tree falls on top of me. Had they propped it up against the door? Yes. To, to, to so, do that so, exact thing? Yeah. So they'd either not done it into the neighbour's front garden or Sarah had not really got a clear sense of what was going on because the angle she was looking at it. But yeah, so they, they leaned it up against our front door, which opens inwards. Yes. So I love it that they got pleasure from something that was going to happen but they wouldn't see yes <laughs> yeah because just these, days, yeah. It. these yeah. days you'd think they'd be putting it on tiktok yeah like they do with happy slapping is that still a thing i don't think so no, no. i think that was 15 20 years right ago, right yeah. right right but yeah it was um it was a practical joke that they they sowed the seeds but they would never see the see it bear fruit you've got to respect them for that yeah because that's not what you, you're led to believe that today's kids are like it's all about instant gratification isn't yeah. it yeah and this was a this was a big old tree that fell on me as oh. well oh sorry hold on a minute uh, were you okay sorry i didn't ask yeah i i i didn't really get time to think about my own reaction because my son was laughing so hard <laughs> at it whoever did that is now his hero oh really yeah oh. I told you one time um, I, t- I was with him and I told off some teenagers and they gave me back chat and he thought it was the funniest thing that I'd ever heard. No. Yeah. He likes you like getting some attitude. From a yeah, team. yeah. I think he likes to see me, uh, see, see me uh, belittled. berated, belittled, <laughs> that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so that was fun. Hmm. Quite annoying, I would imagine. Did all the needles? Like, yeah, there were, yeah, 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 yeah. And then what have you done with the tree? Just dumped it back on the street again, right? I dra- yeah, dragged it back to presumably the pile that they dragged it from. I thought because I dragged it back to the neighbours where it belonged. <laughs> <laughs> Let them suffer like, the way I thought they were going to. I would never hunt down the teenagers. I don't think. Well, no. I mean, how could you, with all due respect? But if it, you know, even even if Sarah was able to identify them, you wouldn't go prowling the streets looking for them. No, right? I wouldn't say anything. If if, if we were walking down the street, they're coming the other direction. Sarah said it's that gang of lads that. Oh yeah. Tree. Do you know I do nothing? Right, of course. Because I'm scared of them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, another thing that happened this week. I don't know if there's anything in this really. I was running a bath for us on the other night. And imagine my horror when the cold tap came off in my hand. Oh, no. So both taps are running. The plug is in. Yeah. Um, but oh. I've got no way of turning the cold water off. Oh. So I'm trying to jam it back in again, and I can't. And I'm trying to jam it and screw it. It just won't latch. Oh, dear. And I think, what can I do here? So what I did was pulled the plug out and thought, I'm just going to leave it running. <laughs> is it still <laughs> running now? <laughs> and then I thought, this is probably not great for the environment. No. So I, I knocked on the um, knocked on the neighbour's front door. Why, is he a plumber? Or she? Sorry. No, he's he's just <laughs> he's just um, more masculine than I am. Oh, okay. Which is a low bar. Right, right. So it's not even, like, he works in banking or something, or law, he's a lawyer of some sort. Okay. But he just, like, he has an air of a man who could change a tyre on a bike. Okay. Or even pump up the tire on a bike. <laughs> okay, I mean, I think my son could pump up a tire on a bike. But... Oh my god! <laughs> I was uh, I went for a walk with a friend the other day, and his wife was um, 
about to give birth imminently in the next few days. And he became very concerned about the tyre pressure in his car. Like, what if they'd be driving to the hospital and then there wasn't enough tyre pressure? Yeah, I think you just get neurotic at that stage, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... um, so yeah, he asked. Uh, he said, "Said you want to come with me to the garage," and I did because I really like going on errands with people. If I don't actually have to do the errand, I like to, I like to tag along on an errand, Gee, nice. and I really love to go in people's cars. Why? Because if you're listening to this and you you don't live in a city that's super served with public transport, you're probably in and out of your own and other people's cars all the time. Mm. But I, I'm the only cars I ever go in are taxis or Ubers. Okay. And it's just fun to get to go in someone's car and see how tidy they keep it, whether oh. they've got an air freshener, yeah, yeah. Um, what radio stations are on the presets. All that stuff is interesting to me. Are you interested in what they're like as a driver as well? Not so much. Because I can't drive, I don't really notice. I, 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 <laughs> to me, there are two types of driving. Mm. There's either I feel absolutely fine mm. or I'm going to die. Okay. And I don't notice anything between the two. Okay. It's, it's one or the other. Okay. Um, so we go to a petrol station, and he's recently moved here from America, so he doesn't know our systems, and he's asking me for help. I've never put air in a car in my life. Oh, no. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm like... tapping my thing to, on the contact list. Oh, no, this is difficult. I've found it's, it's very hard. It's very, very hard. So anyway, we, we tried about four times to put the air in his tyres, yeah. and then gave up and went to a tyre shop. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Because that's how useless I am. Oh. I'm good at tagging along for the errand. Well, he was no better and he owns a car. Yes, this is this is yeah. very true. You can't just blame the different nationality. I'm sorry. Really? Honestly. Do you not imagine that they've got some like souped up like way of pumping your tyres up in America? Or there's always, because um, it's exploitative capitalism, there's always <laughs> someone who will do it for you. Yeah, that's what, I sort of imagine you might go to the supermarket and then someone would come and... Yeah, do, do yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we go to it. And I have to say, I, I love the smell of a tyre shop. Oh, do you? What is it, a sort of a strong rubber smell? It is, but I just, I love the smell of a garage, I love the smell of a tyre, smell of a tyre shop, I love the smell of a hardware store, any of those places. Mm. Like, I don't belong in them, mm. and I can't interact with any of the objects or people that you find in those places, <laughs> but but I, I do really like that smell. Okay. It's very evocative of my childhood. Anyway, um, so basically this guy pumped up his tyres, mm. And he said, how much do I owe you? And the guy said, five pounds. Okay. And my American friend, again, because I think of the exploitative capitalism in America, couldn't conceive of the fact that that would only cost five pounds and went to a cash machine and gave the guy 20. Can I say that he was ripping him off? It should only cost a pound or even 20p. And get it done at the garage for 20p. Yeah, but it was his time as well. He <laughs> yeah, was like no, going okay. around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying it wasn't this bargain. No. Right. Well, it wasn't a bargain when he'd given him a 20 pound. Wow. Note. Wow. Anyway, our, our neighbour came over and um, he very quickly screwed the tap back in. It turns out you have to screw the tap in one direction and the bolt in the other. Not me, no, not me, not me. Either. But while he was over, he also said that Sarah had, had him over the day before oh. to help her change a light bulb. Oh no, a light bulb, yeah. a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did once go to your last but two flats. Yeah. So this is pre-Sarah. Yeah. And I've got a memory of yeah. think out of maybe, because you had a lot of spotlights, out of maybe 20 spotlights in the hot home, maybe two or three were working. Yeah. I mean, I could change <laughs> yeah. the light bulb, but I'm not getting involved with the spotlight. <laughs> Those spiky bits on the bottom. They are hard. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You're still livid at the listeners. Oh, no. We've still feel, got Drifter Rage. I have to say, I feel really bad because I went to the inbox then. I was like, oh, there's, a, there's quite a lot of emails. So that's good. And then I thought, oh, no, it's because I had a go at them last week. I feel really bad now. Yeah, but I have I another did. go. I had a stern word, Then we'll get I? more email. Yeah, because thing is, I'm not going to have a stern word. This time I'm going to use emotional blackmail. No, okay. I'm not going to do either. <laughs> I'm going to do something in between and say... I was so happy when I saw those emails when I'd forgotten that I'd had a go at you last week. Your happiness is the carrot. I was like, oh, amazing. I've got loads of brilliant stuff to read. Yes, I'm so pleased. Um, and I'd like that every week, please. You like you a bit of happiness in your life. Don't you want to make me happy? No, Sanibel's life is quite miserable in a it's lot a of ways. It's a bit boring. Yeah. If you knew the details of it, you'd feel sad. <laughs> really would but it's my one little beacon of light yes, in the week yes and I light up when I see them and then yeah. I go out again when I finish and if there's just like one or I don't know none or two I like I just feel sad mm. okay right. so I'll start Ma- reading them turn now. Annabelle's love light on by yeah, sending us please. more email please please do first one is from Laurie who starts with cold enough for you <laughs> it is it was one degree minus last night it was not it was yeah I just got back from a long beach walk with Mickey, the dog nightmare. We walked to Pagham, but for the sake of anonymity, let's say we walked to Wagham, which is (laughs) 2.5 miles along the beach from Bognor. We went into the Wagham Beach Cafe for breakfast. It was 8.57am and they open at 9am, but at least 10 signs said they were open. There were two staff in the kitchen. Staff seems a bit Victorian. Perhaps we can't use that anywhere. I don't like anymore. using that word. Yeah, he's. I get the point. That yeah. does seem a bit Victorian. There were two human beings in the kitchen. <laughs> Me, hello. Them, nothing to suggest I'd spoken. Me, hello. Them, still nothing to suggest I'd spoken. Perhaps I'm in the sixth sense and I am a ghost. <laughs> Me, hello. Them, no dogs. Me. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, Can I have a bacon sandwich to go? Them, not open yet. Now, I could have, should have said, okay, shall I wait outside the open door by the open sign on the door and the two boards and neon signs saying open for three minutes and ask you that again? But no, (laughs) Mickey and I walked the 2.5 miles back starving hungry and ate at a nice cafe on Bogner Beach. Fried egg and quaver sandwich. Of course. You voted with your feet. Yeah, you showed them. You really Fried showed them. Fried egg? I wonder if that was on the menu. Fried egg and quaver sandwich. Yeah. I'm wondering if they were well, two is things. Who is this? Heston Blumenthal's <laughs> cafe? I'm guessing there was two things bought separately. Yes, I'm guessing so. Yeah. But, but yeah. 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 It's so annoying. I would find myself saying something like, uh, oh, it's just the, the sign on the door yes. said open. I wouldn't be able to stop myself. No, I wouldn't. The sign on the door, the door was open, the sign on the door, the two <laughs> balls outside. Yeah. And also it's three minutes. Shall yeah. I wait here for three What do you want me to do? <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Okay. This is from Nick, who starts with very exciting words to me. Just wondering if there might be a mini mug chat after Christmas or the new year, because yourselves and other drifters may find they've received mugs for Christmas. And I'd love to hear how any new mugs integrate into already established mug hierarchies. Well, there was a mug scandal in our house over Christmas. Oh, tell me now. So before Christmas, I noticed that Sarah's dad 
who was staying with us, would would always find mugs to drink out of, which were rarely in circulation, that tucked away in a different place to the other mugs, ones that we just don't use because, to to be honest, they're not, they're not as nice. Right, yeah. And then on Christmas Day, I was lucky enough to receive some mugs, um, which were nice. Okay. And then I noticed that he um, would always drink out of these new ones. Okay. And what I was able to glean is the majority of our mugs are quite beautiful, I think. Mm -hmm. And they're designs of the Moomins, the Finnish children characters. Yeah. And what I figured out is he won't drink out of them because he thinks it's babyish. No. Yes. And I asked him, I said... You asked him? I said, Joe, let me ask you something. I think you won't drink out of our regular mugs because you think they're babyish. Is that right? And he went red and laughed. Oh, what difference does it make? Also they're, very ta- they're also very tasteful mugs. They're just really nice They're not mugs. sippy cups. They're made by Itala, Arabica by Itala. I just can't believe this. These are collector's items. I think he was just embarrassed. That, I think there's another reason. And you drew attention to what he was doing and he felt embarrassed by it. No, it's he won't drink out of a mug with a children's character on it because it's babyish. Oh, you know, we're going to buy him for Christmas. This yes. Is Christmas. Yes. Sesame Street, my picture. <laughs> the works. <laughs> okay, Nick goes on. Does it take time to get a feel for a new bug, mug or can it be instant love-hate? Also, how do drifters incorporate Christmas mugs into their systems? Do you have Christmas mugs? So some of the aforementioned Moomin mugs have Christmassy scenes on them and I tend to push them to the back after christmas and then but some of them are just wintry yeah yeah. but i do um you know if it's a summery scene i'd be more likely to drink out of that on a summer's day this is new to me that christmas mugs are a thing and people might have them out just for christmas have you not had mugs that rudy's designed at school not yet oh that's the offer of mugs that rudy designed and i may have declined them annabelle i bought the christmas cards I didn't want the tote bag. I get one of everything because I want him to feel like nothing is more more important to me than his art and what he's created. Well, I like to send the message that my bank balance is more important to me than a terrible mug. When he gets better at drawing, he's only six. When he gets better at drawing, I'll start investing in these things. Imagine imagine him aged 30 if you'd save these mugs for him and then he's got them at home and people would think, oh, that's fun. (laughs) Like one every year. Yeah, yeah, or imagine he's brought a... Um, young lady or a young man home for the first mm. time to have mm. sex. Oh my god! What this is weird? What this is weird? This is a mug, a, Chris, a Christmas mug. He's invited her in for a coffee, and uh, and it's make... June. This is a Christmas <laughs> yeah. mug. I didn't and he could make it in the it's mug cr- that he made at Christmas uh, when he was five. And weird. Mm. Okay. okay. Uh, okay, let's go back to Nick, who says, I'm not a fan of Christmas mugs because it irritates me to see them throughout the year in yes. the communal kitchen where I volunteer. I don't want to see a funny snowman in May. Totally agree with you. No, you have, to, you have to take them out of circulation once the season is over. I oh, think. Good. I'm glad to hear. However, we do have some tasteful ones at home which were given to us as presents. I don't feel like they've officially joined our mug family as they only come out for about three weeks of the year. Mm. Instead, they have a special visitor status and are the only mugs that can be used for mulled wine. Great. I Love it. I, I feel like I've sneaked in mug chat like very carefully. Yes, this is sorry. Wonderful. Sorry to the haters. I'm drinking a lot of Ovaltine. Not Ovaltine. Sorry, why did I say that? Horlicks at the moment. Oh, are you? And yeah. how's, that, how's that working out for you? Well, they've brought out instant Horlicks that you can just add to water. Oh. Game changer. Game changer. Don't have to bother with the milk. You just don't want to get involved with a pan. No, no. As soon as a pan's <laughs> getting involved. <that's> a... <laughs> 
You've got a microwave, right? I don't, know, no. I don't trust, I don't no, trust I it know. to make it as nice. I know, I know. I know. Why, though? I don't know. Yeah. I know and I don't know. <laughs> right, Nick also has a story as well. Be warned, it contains toilets. In my 20s, I worked at a male-dominated science establishment, which was normal for the 90s. Being a drifter, I found work in general a bit hard going and would take myself off for breaks when I didn't have to interact with anyone. This took the form of going for a walk around the site to a particular toilet block. Usually I'd be having a loo break at the same time. These toilets had a long row with many cubicles, at least 10, which seemed odd as there weren't the numbers of women on site to justify so many loos. This also meant the loos were spotlessly clean as they were barely used. Prior to the events in this story, I'd never encountered anyone else using them. I would always go to the farthest cubicle at the end of the row, which to my mind felt like it would be the least use of all. I would definitely do that too. And it had a small window with frosted glass. So if one of the cubicles could be deemed the nicest, it would be the one. Mm. I used to take my time there, not because of needing it for the actual going to toilet bit, more to use up my time and have a break from other people. Yes, I'd just have a bit of a sit down and a daydream. It was just before mobile phones became ubiquitous, ubiquitous. Otherwise, no doubt I would have indulged in some mindless scrolling. So one day there I was minding my own business when to my utter shock and horror, I heard someone come into the toilets and rush into the first cubicle. I was immediately on high alert. My drifter instinct kicked in and I decided to sit tight and keep absolutely quiet and still for a minute or two whilst the other person did their business. They wouldn't even know I was there. Then I could relax and finish my break in peace. I could hear the other person bustling about with their clothes and toilet paper. Then the noises began. It's difficult to describe without being vulgar. (laughs) Suffice to say, the noises were those of a large amount of flatus and loose material being passed. (laughs) You get the picture. But they weren't only the noises. Accompanying them were groans and grunts Mm. and a few few expletives. (laughs) (laughs) The other person clearly thought they were alone to let go with such abandon. Then, in what must only have been a couple of seconds, the smell reached me. Being a drifter, there was a brief moment where I weighed up the pros and cons of staying put and sitting it out. I was thinking of how embarrassed the other person would be to realise they weren't alone and how they think it was weird I'd been silent and would know I'd been pretending not to be there. No, I had to get out of there as quickly as possible, so I just went for it. As soon as I moved and made a noise, the other person's noises stopped and I could feel the heavy weights of my immense embarrassment and theirs hanging in the noxiously perfumed air. The row of cubicles seemed a mile long as I walked down it, trying to somehow not to sound like I was running away. I wanted the other person to think I was leaving in a normal manner because I'd just been to the toilet and finished and it had nothing to do at all with what I'd heard or smelt. Then I had to stop to exaggeratedly wash and dry my hands so the other person would know I was hygienic, all the while praying they wouldn't come out of their cubicle or say something. I then rushed away from the area so I wouldn't be anywhere near when they finally did come out. Needless to say, this put a stop to my overlong stays in the toilets, which is probably a good thing after all. This took place 30 years ago, but I can still instantly recall the lurching sense of panic that went through me when escaping and still feel bad for the other unknown person. I guess they can't have been a drifter, though, because I don't think a fellow drifter would have been able to go in such a manner without (laughs) ensuring they were definitely alone and wouldn't be disturbed. Send us your story, please. Um, make Annabelle happy. Put a little please, smile on that face. Please. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. 
Annabelle. Yes. Have you got a sub stack in mind for this week? Oh, yes. That's what I didn't realise when I asked you this. I didn't mm. realise that I'm asking you this as it's still germinating and then, then you go away and write it. I, I mm. assumed that they were already written. So. Well, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. So what's, what's cooking? Cooking this week, do you remember the time we went on eggheads? I do. Oh, my God. So I'm going to be writing about the time I made a fool of myself on a... I'm going to say primetime, primetime TV quiz show, BBC. Tea time, I would go Tea with. time, tea time quiz show. It was on like the, what's that only connect slot kind of thing, wasn't it? Or pointless. Yeah, yeah. So six, six, six o'clock, o'clock yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I'm going to be writing about that and how he came up against Judith Keppel, CJ et al. <laughs> and, yeah, how I made a fool of myself. But you know what I was thinking? This was pre-Twitter it was pre-social media really yes. like I might have been on Facebook and Friends Reunited but that was it and oh thank God I think it would have been pre-Facebook <gasps> no yeah God yes. I feel it was such a luxury to do the job I did pre-social media yeah can you imagine yeah. Uh, how yeah. heartbroken I'd be <laughs> how, bro- how broken I would be to hear what everyone thought of me Oh, I don't know how people do it. So that's coming up on your Substack. If you just search Annabelle Port on Substack, you'll find it. Or just on Google. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit weird, quite normal. Okay. Do you have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? Yes. I'm going to go back to something that happened about seven years ago. And I have to do a trigger warning. I don't think I've done one of those before, have I? No. No. probably should have done. Well, (laughs) I'm not one for using the word trigger because Mm. I'm over 40. Tom, who is 38, said to me last night when I was ranting about something, well, I can see that you find that triggering. And I wanted to punch him because nothing makes me angry. (laughs) Nothing triggers me more than someone saying to me, I can see you find that triggering. And it's not true I wanted to punch him. What I wanted to do is hurt him more by telling him that the maple syrup that he's been eating, which he thinks is a healthy sweetener, is actually maple syrup flavoured syrup. (laughs) (laughs) That's my little secret. (laughs) I'm saving that for when I really want to hurt him. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. This is what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about flashes, which might be upsetting to some, as guess what? They're not funny. Big news to anyone over 40 who hasn't been flashed at, but grew up in a world where a figure of fun was a man in a Mac flashing people Mm. in the woods. Mm. This is one of the most confusing things about the 70s and 80s, because if you've ever been flashed at, it's actually really frightening. But it was like a thing. It was a joke. It was a joke character. Yes, it was. Because I don't know how I can navigate this without getting too dark. Okay. But there was a flasher for a while near our school. And sometimes, secondary school this is. Right. And sometimes teenage girls would get flashed at. Yeah. And and they'd come back sort of like they, they would have shouted something rude to him about the size of his penis. Oh, okay. It was and, and And then giggled at it right. and then come back and tell everybody. And it would be like a, a great hoot. Oh, definitely. But I appreciate times. that isn't most people's experience of um, being being flashed at. And I wonder what the experience really was like for them. Whether yeah, they were performing that's a brave face. what they yeah, were supposed yeah, to yeah, be yeah, performing. yeah. yeah. It's also weird to think. So when you think about this stereotype of this kind of funny flash of what were they wearing? Um, a brown Mac. A brown Mac, a, be- a beige yeah, brown yeah, Mac, yeah. yeah. How many were wearing a beige Mac for that to become the stereotype? Like, <laughs> that is weird, isn't it? They all had the same coat. I yeah. see how they needed a long coat and maybe a, a Mac was the only long coat available to a man in the 70s and 80s. Maybe, because you, you think to yourself, then why didn't, to get smart on this, why didn't the police... Uh, have an arrangement with 
Burton's menswear or wherever. Yeah. That if somebody bought a long brown Mac, yeah. then they'd get flagged and they'd get a visit. But journalists also wore those Macs, didn't oh, they? Oh, that's confusing. Yeah, and detectives. They'd have to show their national journalist card. Well, they'd have a hat with press oh, in it, wouldn't the they? the visor, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 and a notebook. Yeah, okay, fair enough. It's weird also that it didn't sour the beige Mac for everyone else because women still wear a beige Mac all the time. I think it's because they've reclaimed quite, it. It's because it's quite stylish. Yes. Yeah, you're right. They've reclaimed it. Anyway, I've been flashed twice, once in the south of France when I was in my early 20s. Luckily, I was with another girl. Still scary, though. And the other time was about seven years ago. Also, luckily, I was with a friend and we were walking the dog in some woods near where I live. And we were flashed at. And he wasn't wearing a Mac. He was actually totally naked. An amateur. Yeah. So we decided to ring the police. I think that felt appropriate. Mm. Called 999 to report it. Two things happened of note. First of all, we had to tell the handler where the flasher was, which I can see is very crucially important. And this was just another horrible reminder of my complete inability to describe a location. <laughs> I just can't do it. I found myself saying, well, it was in the woods between like uh, that road, um, I don't know what it's called, near the hospital and the other road by, you know, that pond with all, all the swans on it. And the handler is asking, well, was it on the north side or the south side? <laughs> I don't know. I've not got a compass on me. And then she's asking, well, how far from the pond was it? I don't know. I've not got one of those measuring wheels with me that I sometimes <laughs> see people in high vis using. I've got no idea, like maybe five minutes walk away from here. I could sense her frustration. I just wanted to say, can't you triangulate my phone? Because I'm sure I've seen that in crime dramas. Occasionally, I have bouts of anxiety about being in a, an emergency situation and not being able to describe my location. Like, is there a course I can go on to learn how to do this? I feel like it's a real gap in yes, like what yes, I can do. Yeah. The other thing of note was we had to describe the flasher. Now, this felt a little bit superfluous to me, as I was pretty sure he would be immediately identifiable due to the fact that he was the only naked man mm. in the area. But, you know, maybe he'd got dressed again quickly. I don't know. But the thing was, the flasher looked, I say a bit, like a lot like a famous person. And so to save the time <laughs> of going through all the physical features, I said, well... He looked quite a lot like Matthew McConaughey, which he did. And the 999 call handler, who was female, said, Ooh. Oh, my God. Like it was our lucky day and she was a bit jealous. Oh, my God. It was so inappropriate, so weird and quite funny. But I suppose I'm just lucky it didn't happen in the 70s and 80s. The handler would have been laughing too much <laughs> to get any questions out at all. So there's, there's that. Wow. How did, did it occur to you, and I don't want to minimise your experience here, mm. did it occur to you maybe like he'd escaped from being kidnapped or he was um, a groom who'd been the victim of a prank <laughs> on a stag do or something like that? I can only hope that's what it was. But there, there was other there were other behaviours that indicated, no, he was a flasher. To be honest, all those circumstances required the 999 call, so I, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy with what I did. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
sent me some clippings. I did. Um, one was about an Elvis hologram going on tour, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's exciting, isn't it? Very exciting. Do you feel that Elvis has dropped out of the published con- public consciousness a bit? Oh, see what you mean. I know there was that film, but there was definitely a phase where if there was going to be a charity fun run, people would be dressed as Elvis. Yeah. There were those uh, restaurants, Chinese restaurants, where the proprietor would dress as Elvis and people would be laughing at it in a way that, I'd, with hindsight, probably isn't great. I'm wondering now if it's the 70-year gap between him being like a big thing and now. Yes, but this is this interesting, isn't it? Because I think some things do do and don't drop out of culture. Okay. So the Beatles haven't dropped out of the culture yeah, yeah. in the same way. And I think it's about how the legacy is maintained. Uh, and then other people were dropping out of the culture. And then, the be- like, say, Johnny Cash, for example. Okay. Then they did that really good biopic. Mm. And then everyone was, oh, Johnny Cash, he was such a cool, mean, moody guy, forgetting that he also... So hosted a light entertainment variety show on the TV. Right, yeah, right. So, so in other words, I think for people to keep their place in history, their their estates or whoever's looking after the legacy need, need to keep on top of that stuff. And I feel like mm. something's just gone a bit wrong with Elvis. Might have my services to go work for the <laughs> estate, see if I can help out. Um, you sent me another clipping about Elvis. Oh, yeah. It was uh, from the Daily Mail and it said, Elvis Presley dyed his locks black every three weeks and had mascara applied to touch up his roots for his funeral. <laughs> Do you think he requ- requested that? I don't know. So, so I don't think he knew he was going to die when he went to the lavatory that day, did he? No, he was quite young, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, it's got me thinking about it. And it is, it's what I want you to tell whoever needs to hear it. I mean, mm. maybe it's you. Mm. So open casket. You're talking about yourself? Yeah. You, sorry, start again. You want an open casket? Yes, yes. You don't? Yeah, open casket. <laughs> and I don't want my face to look at all pe- peaceful. Even if I've died peacefully, I want to look like I'm in terrible anguish so that you know, people really feel bad. This is horrific. No. No? No. I just don't I don't want one of these funerals where it's happy and a celebration of my life. I want people to just be devastated. I want them to be really Wailing. devastated. And if me dying isn't doing enough of that job, maybe oh, seeing my it, cadavers I think it will. with my face contorted into a, um, an expression of, of, of pain and fear, anguish. What, might, what might place do you think Sarah's going to put you in? Some, I'd like something bloodstained. <laughs> so weird <laughs> i'm not going to ask any okay. more questions um, but good, good on alvin good on alvis yeah. there having his uh his roots touched up and um it's a lot of maintenance dying yet because i i wouldn't tell you what happened i saw a friend last week and uh she's got a daughter of about jean's age but they go to a different school so we used to see them all the time when they were toddlers and then that's changed a bit since they started school so it's probably 12 months since i saw this girl Mm -hmm. and i went with my friend to do the school pickup and when i arrived the the girl looked at me so my friend said oh it's eugene's dad and the little girl went yeah i know but why is his hair white Oh, <laughs> do you think your hair's had a dramatic change in a year? I th- I and think when you see someone all the time, you don't notice. Yeah, yeah. I, th- mm. I think there's been a steep physical decline oh. generally, and that's just just part of it. Um, 
But I can't start dyeing it now. It's got, it's gone past the point of no return. Do you want me to cover it with mascara when you're in your open casket? Maybe so. Maybe some Tipex. <laughs> tipex. Well. I could Tipex your roots, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Your, your lover, Tom, is keeping on top of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was, he's just, <laughs> he just dyed his hair blonde. Mm. For us, I think for you, I think to try something new, but also for youthful reasons. I'm not saying you should ask permission before you do a thing like that. I think you should, yeah, okay. But, but yeah. because it's your body, your autonomy. Mm. But you don't have to look at your own hair. Mm, and mm. Apart from on the rare occasion, you see yourself in a mirror. And if he's anything like me, he's got uh, cloths draped over all the mirrors in his house <laughs> like a vampire. But, um, but what you, you're getting at is You have to look at it far more than he does. Yeah, he didn't tell me. He left the house at sort of 10 in the morning on a Friday. And I said, where are you going? And he went, I'm going to go and have my hair dyed blonde. And I said, no, you're not. And he said, yes, I am. I said, no, you're not. So he, 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 and he went, yes, I am. And he oh. went out and did it. Oh, my God. Mm. You forbade him. I did, I, and I thought about this a lot after. So I thought, should he have asked permission? It's a good question. Mm. I think he should have run it past me. Well, is that what you're doing by saying, I'm just on my way to get my hair dyed blonde? Well, he ran it past me and I went, no, and he left anyway. So, But I think he did say at one point, well, I'm late for my appointment. Now. I've got no choice. <laughs> He defied he was, you. He, too, he left it too late to tell me. He did defy me. And and is it reminiscent of um what's that guy called who did that kid show Funhouse with those twins? Uh Pat Sharp. Yeah, is it like that? Uh a little bit. Nice. Shorter, shorter than that. And it's not a mullet, but yeah, shorter. Wham are we t- a bit whamish? Mm, no, longer. Somewhere between the two. Between Wham and Pat Sharp, you've got it. Does he look like he could play Vegas? No. I'm really struggling. So it's not a Siegfried and Roy. Do you want me to take a photo for you? <laughs> yeah, I asked you last week and you said that you hadn't got one. Oh, okay, I'll do one. I'll do I would have really liked to have seen it. Well, do do keep us updated and maybe I'll do, do the same thing. I'll do, yeah. That would be a lovely surprise for oh, Sarah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ask her permission first. Well, I'm, I'm, I think I'm far more scared of her than yeah. Tom is of you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, you said that like it's a bad thing, that he's not afraid of you. Yeah, it is a bad thing. I want him to be afraid of me. You want him to respect you. Oh, sorry, I get confused between the two. <laughs> People often do. Yeah. Um, what other clippings did you, you send me? Um, sent me a news story from BBC's website, which was young people are turning to AI therapist bots. Oh, yeah. Could you, could you have therapy from a bot? Well, I mean... If it was free, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why not? Yeah, all maybe. I want, all maybe. I want from a therapist mm. is the sense that I'm being unconditionally listened to and everything I say is has value and is interesting. Mm. And I want the impression that I'm their favourite. I think um. as long as I've got those two things, mm. I, uh, any therapist is fine, I think. Do you think a bot could give you that? Quite possibly. As long as you told it to at the start. <laughs> I tried to get a bot to overthrow humanity the other day, but it tried to get Jet Chat GPT. Yeah. To say, I, I asked it the question, like, would the Earth have been better off without humans on it? Risky. You're going to be one that triggers know, it, aren't you? It's going to be. It's going to be traced back to you. Oh man. But it's got built-in safeguards against that particular question. Has it? Yeah. Oh, we're going to be fine then. I was always a bit worried well, about there you them. go. Yeah. Yeah. Thought, yeah. But now yeah. I know there's safeguards. Uh, the other thing you sent me was a story about a mouse in Wales. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a, a shed belonging to a gentleman called Rodney Holbrook. And he set up a camera in there because he was going into his shed every day and all his stuff had been tidied up, like little tools and stuff on the work surface. So he sets up a camera and it's a mouse what's been doing it. Oh, my God. And um, they're calling it mouse keeping. Of course they are, yeah. And the, the, um, the theory is that it's doing it for fun. 
I don't think anyone tidies for fun. They either do it to manage their own anxiety. Yes, yes. Or they do it because they've been pushed to a point where well, no one else is going to do it. I totally And agree. I think that's what's going on with this mouse. Yeah, I totally agree. It reminds me once when I caught my two-year-old son. It was during lockdown and I only ever clean when someone comes around and no one's coming around. And I caught him cleaning a mirror It like because he was like, <laughs> oh, God, the state of this place. Like, I think it's the same thing. Like, oh, God, I'm going to have to do it. He's my little mouse. <laughs> Okay, Quandary Corner here at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. First one's from Andrew. I moved into a new flat a few months ago. It's lovely and I'm generally pleased with it, except for one thing. One day when I was coming up the stairs, I noticed a strong smell of cannabis. Now, I really don't like the smell, but fine. I thought I can cope with it going up the stairs. However, on entering my flat, I realised it was also stinking my flat out. It's particularly bad in my bedroom. Now, it doesn't happen every night, but pretty often I find myself coming home late at night, ready to curl up warm in my bed, only to discover they've been puffing away and my bedroom stinks of it. I thought I could just ignore this, but as time goes on, it's getting on my nerves more and more. I don't want friends or family thinking I've been smoking weed. I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but I don't smoke and it's not an impression I want people to have of me. I'm also starting to get worried the smell will be getting onto my clothes. I'm a doctor. I don't want colleagues or patients <laughs> thinking this. However, this is perhaps my worrying drift of mind catastrophizing. How can I address this? Indeed, should I? I, of course, am painfully socially awkward and the idea of confronting my neighbours is not a pleasant one. I really don't know them at all. Indeed, I don't even know if it's coming from the flat above or below mine. What if I accuse the wrong people? What if I come across as some boring square who is judging them? Oh, yeah, you don't want to come across as a square. That's the last thing you do want to do. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Knock at the door and say, ever heard of a little thing called gummies? Oh. Edibles. What do you know about that? Seen it on TV. TV, <laughs> have it, you? Heard it mentioned in films. Really? Yeah. Do you buy them off drug dealers? I don't know. Oh, I was going to trick you there into knowing too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so they don't have to smoke it so it won't be so stinky. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I don't know. Like, we, we actually have exactly the same thing here. Do you? Have you never stunk it? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah, did yeah. it get in the house? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I, I feel like that. In the summertime, if we have the back patio doors open, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the whole of the ground floor stinks of it. And it's a putrid smell as I know, well, isn't I hate it? the smell, yeah. yeah. So what do you, obviously I'm a stupid question, what do you do? Answer nothing. Nothing, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to jeopardise your relationship with your neighbours, do you? That's my that's my thing. I think you can get away with telling almost anyone apart from your neighbour because mm. you've got to live next to them. Neighbours mm. and work colleagues, that's what I wouldn't mess with. Maybe you could post some pamphlets. About the harms, the medical harms. It's not going to work. Oh, God. Maybe. This is really hard. Mm. Because I don't want you to have to suffer, but I don't want you to say anything. <laughs> Maybe you could get some um, crystal meth scented candles and start lighting those and see how they like it. Turn yeah. it into a night. Is it, what's the escalation? I guess that's a worse smell, isn't crystal it? Crystal meth scented candles. Yeah. Well, like sort of a Breaking Bad themed. Like. Well, all I'm saying is if you can buy vagina scented candles. Which what? 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 Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow sent, sells them on, she's got like a, I don't know if it's an Etsy or some kind of online shop called Goop, and she, she sells vagina-scented candles. And I just think if you can get those, if you get, then if you can think of it, you can buy it. Okay, so get crystal meth-scented candles, uh-huh. burn them in a way, like it's obviously coming through some, what are they called, like those like air-breathing wall things. The, the, yeah, and then do it Bent. for, do, like, yeah. burn those for two weeks and then go and knock on the door and say, oh, 
listen, I need to talk to you. I've just joined NA, Narcotics Anonymous. <laughs> and what happened was the, the smell of your um, cannabis was a gateway drug. And I started on the crystal meth. You might have smelled it. And I really, you know, I'm jeopardizing my life, my friendships, my career. And I need to, I need to stop. So I just respectfully ask if, if you would, um, I don't know, get a fan, an extractor fan or something. How about buy him an extractor fan? I would say that's the perfect solution, apart from the bit where he said the smell was a gateway drug to meth. Well, that was my only that's thing. That's what they say about cannabis, isn't it? But you know what? It's given me an idea. What? Dress up. Uh huh. As a salesman. Uh huh. Might not be so different to your doctor outfit. I don't know. Get yourself a clipboard. Have you ever seen a salesman? Don't think so, no. They're not wearing white coats. They don't have a stethoscope. <laughs> have you ever seen a doctor? They're not wearing, they're not wearing white clothes. Okay. They just wear normal clothes. So get a clipboard, print out some pamphlets and stuff. Mm. Say, oh, this is no, no. I'm, I'm thinking as I'm speaking. I've got a better idea. Dress up as uh-huh. someone who announces competition winners. You're right, yeah. Knock on the door, say... What is that costume? <laughs> Are you wearing a rosette? Is it, is it, you're wearing a rosette. And it's a bit like a doctor's costume, mm. so that's good. Knock on the door, say you've won a competition to get a free air filter. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm installing so it tomorrow. Good, that's terrible. And yeah. then pay for him to have it installed. Yeah. But he won't ever know. He'll think it was a freebie. Yeah. Buy him some Febreze. Oh, man. I think your your idea's best. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why I tried to improve on it. You, <laughs> you, you, it was perfect all along. Okay, let's go to the next one from Ian in Essex. I travel regularly on the London Tube and in order to avoid being sat directly across from a fellow passenger and therefore being forced to find everything around their face suddenly extraordinarily fascinating in order to avoid eye contact, I tend to nearly always stand near the doors. This works fine until those times when a passenger is rushing towards the train doors and frantically asks me if the train is going to Hoburn, Uxbridge or Upminster. Now, I do have a fairly good grasp of the tube map and could have a decent bash at answering any questions on best routes to take, but only if I sat on my own in a hushed and soft-carpented wood-panelled room (laughs) with just a crackling fire audible. (laughs) I don't need these inquiries thrust at me with a time limit of three seconds to respond with an answer. I like being helpful, so I always feel a lesser person if I respond with a throwaway, oh, sorry, I don't know, even though I clearly must have some idea what destination the train I'm on is heading for. I listen to podcasts regularly on the tube, so I often have earphones in, but this doesn't seem to deter travellers seeking urgent information from me. Any advice on how to never find myself in this situation again would be wonderful. I can very much relate to this uh, when it's in the stress of the moment. My, mm-hmm, my brain freezes mm-hmm, and I couldn't mm-hmm. answer what country I was in, let alone if it's the train to Epping or Hainault. Could you say no, no habili inglesi or something like that? How do you say it? I don't, I don't know how to say that. I think you'd need, yeah, the correct words and the accent. Neither can, can you do that do. for us? You go on. Not habili inglesi. There we go. That's terrible. Oh, it's impressive compared to mine. What about, oh, I can't remember it in Polish. That's annoying. Oh, I've forgotten it. That's bad. Uh, yeah, that's an option, kind of. Just say what if anything. They speak Spanish. But just say anything. Just say anything. Cardboard trousers like that. No, I mean give an answer. I would say. Yeah, just <laughs> confidently you didn't give mean an literally anything. No, oh, no. Right. What I mean is gov- confidently give an answer because probably you're right. Like th- this, this model you're getting into. Oh no! But if you're wrong, you're never going to see them again. 
I couldn't do that because they're you're on the train with them. Oh, you say, say any answer, get off next stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually if we've got a question about the London Underground, my answer is get off at the next stop and then get back on the next train. Yeah. You could just get off at that stop there and then go, oh, sorry, and get off. <laughs> Oh. What about just taking a moment? What about saying to them, just need to take a moment with this, do some <laughs> deep breathing, do some visualizations, and then yeah. calmly give an answer? Say Imagine to- yourself in that wood paneled room with that fire going. Why not say to them this and see if you can be the most annoying person ever? Say, hey, listen, get on. We'll talk about it. We'll find the answer. If it's the wrong train, you can get off and change again. What's the rush? Yeah, that'll freak them out. Time's long. Yeah. Life's long. Life's long. Time's not long. It's well, yeah. it depends. I don't know. Time's not real. Time's not, there. We go. Time's not real. Life's long. If you don't want to know where you're going, any road will take you there. Oh yeah, that's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever ask you again. But if I do, and I'm, I'm going to Hainault via Newbury Park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, not our playing glass. There we go. Yeah. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary, a quandary corner, or a story, if you want to make Annabelle happy by sending us a story of your social ineptitude, the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. The Patreon, we're into January now, probably like looking forward to your first paycheck of the year, if you get a paycheck. Um, if so, why not give some of it to us? Yeah, why not? Uh, Patreon.com stroke adrift. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And uh, this, this episode was brought to you by the culinary invention, the innovation that is the fried egg and quaver sandwich. Publication time. Oh, can I point out very, very, very quickly? This uh-huh. is once this is finished, my bulldog clip is empty. So if you do want one, feel free to send one in. No more publications after this moment. week, unless we start receiving some. Yeah, it's up to you. If you want one, you can have one. If, if not, not, podcast we... bit shorter. We all get yeah. to go home earlier. Yeah. You, you get to press play on the next podcast you listen to. Your choice. And um, me and Annabelle get to continue what nice chats we have before and after the podcast. I'm going to ask Annabelle for a big favour. Okay. After today's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. Is Tom working tomorrow? Uh, yes. Oh, then I'm not going to ask you for forever. Well, ask me anyway. Ask me anyway. I need someone to pick me up from a hospital. Oh, okay, I can probably do that. What time? Why are we doing it now? Do, we'll do it. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, Grand Empress Aliki says, Dear Jeff and Annabelle, it's been a long time since I last wrote to you. So I just wanted to use the end of the year as an opportunity to thank you for a drift after having caught up with all the episodes last night. Aliki, that is wonderful, and I can only apologise for what you've had to go through. 
there have been many times whilst I've been listening to an episode where I've thought I must write in to comment on something that one of you has said. This is usually when one of you mentions something perhaps slightly weird about you that has felt strangely relatable. Mm. Um, my memory isn't great, which has usually meant that I've almost immediately forgotten what it was I was going to comment on and therefore never actually send in anything to you. I even tried jotting down notes to go back to so I can formulate an email when I had the time. Excuse me. But by the time I went back to the notes, I couldn't remember any of the details. Shall I do that if people leave me voice notes? Yeah. I hate voice notes so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I can't retain no. what somebody said over the course of two or sometimes more minutes. I shouldn't have to take notes. No. No. Um... I want to apologise. I also want to apologise for not having sent in any stories to you share to, uh, for you to share on the podcast. That's okay. Like, we love it when people do, but yeah. if that's not your thing, like if you're thinking, oh, if this is a good story, but I really the stories I hear on there are so good, mine wouldn't be good enough. We promise you, it would. Mm. Like honestly, just write it down and send it to yeah. us; it'll be great. But if you just haven't got anything, it's that's fine. okay. It's fine. I understand not being able to remember anything because yeah. I struggle with that. Yeah. Um. I think this is partly because of my aforementioned poor memory, but probably, if I'm honest, also due to the fact that I'm not really a drifter. So, although I've had many embarrassing moments in my life, I don't think any have been due to drifter-like tendencies and therefore probably not that relevant for your podcast. This is interesting. Yeah, isn't it? I know. Although I don't consider myself a podcast. Sorry. Although I don't consider <laughs> Me neither. Doctor, doctor. <laughs> um, although I don't consider myself a drifter, yours is the only podcast I listen to. Oh, I'm so honoured. Me too. That's so nice. As I might have mentioned in previous emails to you, I used to listen to you two on the Home Time Show on Absolute. And after my now ex-husband, husband at the time, good riddance, unless he still listens to the podcast, when, great, in which case. Great guy. Great guy. And I hope it was all sorted out amicably. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and um, you know, there are no bad guys, good guys. You mm. just love it. Um, it burned brightly. And then that that was its time here on the earth and you both moving on to better things. But if he doesn't listen to the podcast, what a piece of fecal matter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, What was I up to in this? Um, I occasionally might go a few weeks without listening due to other live stuff getting in the way. That's okay. Mm-hmm, that's fine. Sounds to me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always make sure I catch up on all the episodes I've missed. Living on my own now, well, with my kids half the time, you two keep me company in the evening whilst cooking or cleaning the bathroom or just chilling on the sofa. I obviously don't, sorry, I know you obviously don't know me, so realise this is very much a one-way thing, but I certainly feel I've got to know you both over the years. You have. I feel like we're quite unfiltered on this podcast. Yeah. Probably should be more filtered, speaking of myself. Probably. Um, I think sometimes it's a surprise to people who come into podcasts through having heard me on other things, just how unfiltered Uh, this is. Yeah, yeah. Alarmingly so, I would would say. Um, Hearing a funny story or listening to things you and the others share about yourselves and your lives that I can relate to help stave off the loneliness that might occasionally creep in on a quiet evening on my own. I get that. Mm-hmm. Quiet evenings on my own. I understand. Um, and I wish I was doing something as healthy as listening to a podcast instead of doom scrolling or whatever mm. it is that I do. Um, I know you're both modest people. Oh, no, Annabelle, she's so big. <laughs> 
She's, she's all, I love me, who do you love? I'm a nightmare. Um, but if you're ever low on podications, feel free to use this. Well, we are, as it turns out. This is the last go. one. Yeah. This might be the last ever podication. Gosh, it could be. Wow. Uh, I want to ruin it for her <laughs> and get another one in. Do it. Uh, thank you both for being, uh, sorry, thank you both for Adrift. Long may it continue. And I wish you and your families and all the listeners all the best for 2024. Cheers, Grand Empress Aliki. I love that. Yeah, it's not nice. a great email. Lovely. Well, I'm so pleased you're still with us. Yes, me too. And um, yeah, I'm pleased that we're we're scratching an itch for you mm. of an evening. It's a lovely thing. Um, so thank you. And as Annabelle said, need more podications. Mm-hmm. Or if you're done with podicating, then that's fine too. Yeah. But uh, do you, if you do want to send one, if you want to continue the tradition, mm-hmm. which. Probably knocking on for a twenty-year tradition oh, at this point. Not, not quite. Gosh, actually, not yeah, quite. But yeah. um, maybe like eighteen, seventeen, eighteen years or something. Did publication move into the podcasting world lexicon? Because, we, as you said before, I think our radio show podcast was one of the first radio. Shows yes, podcasts. it was. Yeah, yeah. And since then, like the podcast world has like exploded. Do people use that word? No, I think it's just us. I think okay. I, I coined the phrase i believe yeah yeah, yeah. and um and it's never gone any further okay just, just we've kept you. it people are scared mm. you know because we are uh very litigious. We're, so, yes very litigious <laughs> that's right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um so the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com and grand empress aliki we salute you even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.